Welcome to It's Time, the daily Bible teaching program of Mike Kessler, pastor of the River Christian Fellowship in Twin Falls, Idaho. Today we're going verse by verse through the book of John. So turn there in your Bibles as we join Pastor Mike. John chapter 20. On the first day of the week, that would be Sunday, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb early while it was still dark and saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. Now we remember the other gospels tell us that there was those that said, well, you need to roll the stone in front, seal it, and then station guards by it because Jesus said he would raise from the dead. Now it's funny to me now, this is really weird, that the Pharisees were scared that Jesus would come back to life or that somebody would steal his body and say he came back to life. And so they petitioned the ruler to station two guards by the, by the stone so that none of, no funny business could go on. It's funny that the disciples didn't get that Jesus was going to raise from the dead. It's funny that uh, the, the women didn't get it. But it's interesting that the Pharisees got it. Well, look at this. It says they saw the stone had been taken away from the tomb. Then she ran and came to Peter, Simon Peter, and to the other disciple, which would be John, whom Jesus loved. And they said to him, they have taken away the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. Uh, You might call this shared grief. The women, in fact, in the book of Mark, say that there were several women that came from the Galilee and went, and they all came to prepare the body of Jesus, the, uh, as the custom was. So when Peter heard this, therefore he went out, and the other disciple were going to, the, and they were going to the tomb. So they both ran together. The other disciple outran Peter and came to the tomb first. So John got to the tomb first. Then Peter arose. Now notice it says here, and he, speaking of John, stooping down, looked in and saw the linen clothes lying there, yet he did not go into the tomb. Why? Because you would be considered ceremonially unclean if you went into a tomb of a dead person. I think it's interesting because this word here, the word saw, and stooping down, he looked in and saw... This word in the Greek means to deeply consider. It wasn't just to visually look at, but he's going, what's going on here? Well, notice then Simon Peter came. And you know, Simon Peter is a funny guy. I I, I like Simon Peter. I I can relate with him. If if there was a motto from him, it would be ready, shoot, aim. He kind of didn't always get the order right. But Peter was a guy that loved God. And he was a guy that didn't care about formalities. Notice it says, John stooping down looking, but he didn't go in. Peter came following him and he went into the tomb. He didn't care about being defiled. What's going on here? I like that about Peter. He just was kind of a man's man. Um, He didn't care what anybody thought. Only sometimes he cared what other people thought. Like, you're one of his disciples, aren't you? Oh, I don't know the guy. 
So Peter was an interesting person. And again, I like to find myself in the scripture when I look at these guys. You look at the personalities of Jesus's disciples and who they were. You have James and John, sons of Zebedee, sons of thunder. They were against the Roman government. They didn't like anything the Roman government was doing. Uh, they They were very passive revolutionaries, you might say. And then you had Matthew Levi, who worked for the Roman government, collecting taxes that gave it all up to follow Jesus. And I've always said this, I wonder what the conversations around the campfires at night were like. Yeah, you were a tax collector for him. Yeah, well, I go, oh, yeah, I can imagine. You think about that. Well, it says, stooping down, it says he came into the tomb and saw the linen clothes lying there, the handkerchief that had been around his head, not lying with the linen cloth, but folded together in a place by itself, which, friends, would indicate not a struggle. If things were, in fact, if a thief was going to break in to the tomb and steal a body, they wouldn't unwrap the body first or fold all the clothes up nice and nice. And, and so it's interesting here that Jesus, when he left the tomb, made his bed. Show your kids this, moms and dads. Then the other disciple, John, who came to the tomb first, went in also, and he saw and believed. This is amazing to me, the moment that we get it. Isn't that something? You know, a lot of people have said, well, God has never spoken to me. Well, if you're a born-again Christian here today, you have heard God's voice. That's when the message that Jesus died on the cross for you took away your sins God's going to give you a whole new reason to live, a whole new pattern of life, a whole new set of goals. And there was a little voice inside of you that said, this is for me. This is for me. (laughs) That was God. You see, you have heard God because you can't come to the Father unless the Father draws you. And when you hear the Father call, you answered. That's what makes the difference. That's where the Bible says we pass from death unto life. Now, we find here, He went and believed. For as yet they did not know the scripture, for he must rise again from the dead. Then the the disciples went away again to their homes. But Mary stood outside the tomb. And I, I like this about Mary because Mary was somebody that just didn't give up. Her weeping didn't stop her from, and crying didn't stop her from leaving. And so it says, Mary stooped outside the tomb weeping. And as she wept, she stooped down and looked into the tomb. And she saw two angels in white sitting, one at the head and the other at the feet where the body of Jesus had been laying. Then they said to her, woman, why are you weeping? And she says, because they have taken away my Lord. I don't know where they have taken and, and, and laid him. Now, when she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus there and did not know it was Jesus. I, I think this is interesting. Why didn't she recognize it? I don't know. Um, something interesting. Book of Revelation. It says that there's a strong angel in heaven. Most people believe it's the title deed of the earth. And it says, who's worthy to open the scroll of the earth? And we remember that the Bible says a lamb like that had been slain steps out and takes the scroll. You know, we know that they really beat Jesus up before he was crucified. They blindfolded him. They beat him in the face. They shoved a a crown of thorns on his head. 
The Bible says he was scourged by the Roman government, not 39 times as it would have been from the Jewish uh, uh, law, but Jesus was not beat by the Jews. He was beat by the Romans and the Romans just beat somebody until they felt that they were near death and then they'd let him go or take him out and crucify him. And that's exactly what they did to Jesus. Now, I don't know if you've ever been where you have been tobogganing and hit a tree with your face or been in a fight or uh, got some puncture wounds, but you know how it swells up. They said they blindfolded Jesus and they beat him. Then they put the crown of thorns on his head. Can you imagine the swelling that went on? I've done many funerals in my life for people that I loved, and sometimes it's been under pretty hard conditions. And I remember one time I went and, and, and uh, went to do the funeral, and I could hardly recognize the person because the swelling at the moment of death was so intense in their life, I, I hardly could recognize who they were. You know, death seals us in the condition we're in both sometimes physically, and I pray for you today, not spiritually. Because, you know, the Bible tells us that this is the beginning of eternity. Everybody living today is determining what position you're going to hold in heaven forever. That's why every day is important. That's why suicide should never cross the mind of any single individual, though at times I think we've all thought of it. Why is that? Because God gives all of us each day a day to progress to be about our Father's business. You know, friends, sometimes that's hard. Sometimes because we have so many clamoring voices, you know, demanding our time and wanting this and wanting that and just the business and the family and all these things that go on. But the Bible says that we continue to look forward to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That's what we're here for. That's why we celebrate today, the only known cure for death. You know, if today had not happened, in other words, if there was no Easter Sunday, do you, remind, do you realize all of humanity would be lost? There would be no reason to live anymore other than just live life for the full gusto because all you see is all you get. Well, when we study the Bible, we realize that this is the beginning of eternity. And that's one of the things the Bible endeavors to do all the way through is to show us this is the beginning, not the end. Now, if you're a Christian here today, this is as worse as it ever gets. The fears, the tears, the alarms, the, the, the heartbreak of lost loved ones, all those things. If you're not a Christian here today, this is the best that it gets. The Bible says there's a judgment waiting for those outside because we stand and plead our case before God. You know, they say that if you're ever in trouble legally, one of the worst things, one of the worst things you can do is represent yourself. You need to get a lawyer, okay? Your lawyer, if you're a Christian here today, is Jesus Christ. He pleads your case before the Father. I like that. When the role and the things are read about all the things we've done wrong, all the things I've done wrong, then Jesus steps and said, but I've died for this person. This person belongs to me. He can go to heaven. Isn't that good to know that you and me, we don't go to heaven because we're good. We go to heaven because he's good. The Bible says we've wrapped ourselves in his righteousness. You got to remember that. Don't ever try to plead your case. Don't ever say, well, you know, I'm a pretty good guy. I'm as good as the guy next door. I'm better than the guy next door. At least I mowed my lawn. You know, I mean, all the different ideas that we have to make us better. The Bible says everything that we do is like filthy rags, the Bible says. I, I think about that, and I think, you know, how good is it to know God that we go to heaven because he's good? We're found in him, and I pray today that you're found in him, the only known cure for death. 
Why didn't she recognize Jesus? Well, maybe it was just dark. It was still dark, probably. Maybe she had tears in her eyes. I don't know if you ever tried to see very good when you've been crying a lot. We know she was weeping. It says she was. Verse 11. Because they've taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. Now, when she'd said this, she turned around and saw Jesus stand there. She didn't know it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, woman, why are you weeping? Who are you seeking? She, supposing him to be the gardener, said to him, sir, and I love this about Mary, get this, one of the first weightlifters in the Bible. Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him and I will take him away. Mary said, I'll just pick him up and I'll just bring him back. And Jesus said to her, Mary. And I believe it's the way he said that, that she recognized his voice. Isn't it amazing that we recognize the voices that we love? I've shared this before many times. We got a lot of kids in church. They're in the other room in there. They're riding their little bicycles around and there's bounce houses and all those kinds of things. And all of a sudden, one of the moms will go, that's mine. They all sound like screaming kids. But yet, you know your child's voice. Why? Because first of all, you familiarized yourself with that voice. And second of all, you know whether the voice is a happy voice or a voice in trouble. Well, that's the same way it is. And when Jesus said, Mary, she turned and she knew who he was. She turned and said to him, Rabboni, which is to say teacher. And by the way, the word Rabboni is the very highest level of calling somebody a teacher. I imagine at this point, she put a hug on Jesus, probably she was never going to let go. She just, I'm never going to let you go because of the next verse. And Jesus said to her, don't cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to my father. But I go to, but go to the brethren and say to them, I am ascending to my father and your father to my God and your God. I think she put a hug on him and she wasn't going to let him go. And she said, Mary, you don't have to hold me like this. I'm still here. Mary Magdalene then came and told the disciples that she had seen the Lord and that he had spoken these things to her. The very first evangelist in the Bible to tell people that Jesus rose from the dead and that she had seen the Lord was a woman. I think that's interesting because a lot of times um, women get a bad rap concerning even the garden. Here's the first place. I think God made it up to them. Then the same, at the same day at evening, first day of the week, when the doors were shut and the disciples were assembled in fear of the Jews, they thought they were next. They killed Jesus. Now they're going to come get us. Jesus came and stood in the midst and said to them, peace be with you. That's always the message you'll find. Jesus always said, peace be with you. You know, God wants to bring peace into your life instead of the, and and you say, Mike, how does God do that? You know, I've been through many things in my life. I don't think you, you get into your 60s without without being through a lot of stuff. In fact, I've always said this. About the time a minister retires is when I, w- I want to hear what they've got to say. You know, you've heard of all the idealistic stuff and all the thing, you know. And, and, but, you know, when you, when you get older, you begin to realize a lot of things. And, and, you know, God brings peace. How does he bring peace? Now, this is what I found. This may help you too. 
If you got something that's bothering you a lot at night, I mean, it's causing you to stay awake, you're fretting over it. I remember a verse that Peter said in the book of Peter. It says, casting all your cares on him, he cares for you. Friends, that has got me through so many sleepless nights in my life where I just go, okay, God, I'm just going to trust you with this problem. I don't know how you're going to work it out. Your ways are not my ways. Your ways are high above my, the way I would do it. So you work it out. The one thing I don't want to do when I pray to ask God to take care of something is to pray and then tell God how to fix it. I don't know how to fix it. You ever done that? Now, God, if you'll just have this person call this person and this person calls this person, then it'll all work out. And God goes, nah, I'm not going to do it that way. God's got a much better way to do it. Peace be with you. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. And the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. And when Jesus said to them, peace be to you, as the Father has sent me, so I send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and they received the Holy Spirit. Most people conclude that the disciples were filled with the Holy Spirit at this point. And then the rest of the church was filled with the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 2. Now, this is something important to remember because this is where Jesus imparts to those that love him the authority of a believer. And I want to read this to you because it's important. So we know who we are in Christ. He said, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive any, any, if you forgive the sins of any, they're forgiven. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. Now, what is he saying here? I, I thought Jesus is the one that forgives. But you know what, friends? You can do that. And I can tell you this this morning. If you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, your sins are forgiven. And I can also tell you, if you reject what Jesus did for you on the cross, your sins remain. But Thomas, called Didymus, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. And the other disciple therefore said to him, we have seen the Lord. But Thomas said to them, unless I see his hands, the print of the nails, and put my finger into the print of the nails and put my hand into his side. Notice it wasn't his finger into his side. That Roman spear that went into the side of Jesus left a pretty big hole according to what Thomas says. I will not believe. And after eight days, his disciples again inside, Thomas with them, Jesus came, the doors being shut, stood in the midst of them and said, peace to you. Again, he always does that. Then he said to Thomas, reach your finger here. Look in my hand, look at my hands, reach your hand here and put it into my side. Do not be unbelieving, but believing. And Thomas answered and said to him, my Lord and my God. And Jesus said to him, Thomas, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. We'll stop here this morning. The Bible said we're all sinners. We've all come short of the glory of God. There's none righteous, no, not one. So we don't go to heaven because we're good. We go to heaven because he's good. The question today is, have you accepted what God has done for you? It's a gift. The Bible says the free gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. What do you do to earn a gift? Nothing. 
If you did something to get the gift, it wouldn't be a gift. It would be wages. But God says, I'm just going to give you something you could never afford to pay for anyway. It's God's grace. God gives us what we don't deserve. And with that, God extends mercy. God doesn't give us what we do deserve. (laughs) I pray today you're under God's grace. I pray you experienced his, his goodness, how much he loves you. And listen, casting all your cares on him, he cares for you. You have a daddy in heaven. You know, the Bible says, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Isn't that great to know you have a daddy in heaven? A daddy in heaven wants to fix things in your life. And he fixes things according to his way. If the future bothers you, if your past haunts you, if living today seems meaningless, I've got great news for you. This is why Jesus came, was born, lived a sinless life, took our place on the cross, and we get to be with him. The Bible tells us if we'll accept him, he'll forgive us. I just want to invite you today, if you've never prayed and asked God to come into your life, oh, you might know about God, you might know Jesus died on the cross, you may know all it intellectually, but maybe not spiritually. I want to invite you today to pray and say, Lord, come in my life and forgive me of my past. And and from this day forward, I want to be yours. You see, the Bible says, until we come to Christ, the Bible says we're an orphan. We're fatherless. And if you don't have a dad that loves you, and you say, well, Mike, I don't really understand dads too much. My dad left my mom or died when we were two or three years old. I don't even remember him. I got good news for you today. You got a dad in heaven that loves you. And he wants to do something brand new in your life. Forgive your past. Let you start new. It doesn't matter what you did yesterday or 20 or 50 years ago. God starts new today. And I've seen him do it in my life. I know he'll do it in yours. And any God that knows all the things that are going to happen in the future, we've talked about this many times. How much more does he have a place for you and me in heaven? I love that. Makes me feel good every day. No matter what happens, I'm going to heaven. You know, I always think about that. The Bible talks about the marriage supper of the Lamb. We finally get to heaven. That's one of the first things we're going to do when uh, all the awards are handed out for everything we've done for God. And, and, And the marriage supper of the Lamb. And you're going to feel so good when you're there and there's this big long table and this white on it and it's going to look really good. And there's going to be a little RSVP thing with your name on it right there in front of the chair. Hey, they knew I was coming. Yep. I pray today you make your reservation. Why do you do that? You ask. Ask. I love that about God. You ask. He says, if you ask, I will. So if you'd like to ask, we're going to pray right now. Repeat this prayer. Mean it from your heart. It's simple. And God will do as you ask in Jesus' name. Let's pray. Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. And I invite you into my life today. I believe that you died on the cross for me. And your blood, Jesus, covered my sins. So from this day forward, I commit my life into your hands. Forgive me of my past. 
I repent of the foolish things that I've done to make my life mean something. And from this day forward, I want to live for you. So now fill me with your Holy Spirit. Empower me to be about your business. And help me trust you all the days of my life. And thank you for eternal life with you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us on It's Time as Pastor Mike teaches verse by verse through the Bible. If you've missed a program or would like to catch up, you can do so by getting it from the It's Time podcast in the iTunes store or by downloading it from the It's Time website at theriverchristianfellowship.com slash it's time. On behalf of Pastor Mike and the rest of us here at the River Christian Fellowship, thank you for listening and tune in next time for It's Time. It's Time.